With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. All right, guys, this is take two. Uh, the first time around, it didn't work so well. Shockingly, uh, you know, at 3.30 in the morning, managed to mess up the recording. No one could hear the big guy, which is hard to believe because usually I'm trying to amp up the volume just to compete with you. So apologies there. You had to hear my voice, which could not have been useful. So if you listen to the first podcast, you're listening to the second one, thank you. We appreciate it. We're sorry. It won't happen again. I promise. Eric, you're rested and refreshed now. A few hours of sleep, feel better, clear eyes, full heart. All of those things. Can't lose. All of the above. All right, we're going to jump right in to the look-ahead lines of the week um, and try and get some of those picks out here because we don't have a ton of time. Uh, I think our three questions from week four will be okay, not discussed here. Um, for people that want a refresher, it was KC and the Rams. Are they still the two top teams? Should the Browns be taken serious, seriously in the AFC? And did the Miami-New England game matter a whole lot? Yes. No. No. There you go. I wholeheartedly agree. All right, let's roll into this here. Um, Indy at New England. Uh, New England is a 10-point, 10.5-point favorite. I've seen a 10.5 somewhere. By the way, if you want to invest, check out mybookie.ag. Uh, 10, 10.5, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's a little high. Um, yes. Our numbers would probably be somewhere around nine. 
Nine and a half. Okay, so here's my thinking. The Patriots just destroyed Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins, who are a 3-0 team. But they're not really a 3-0 team, right? They're a 3-0 team that had a rainstorm, maybe didn't play the hardest schedule. Ryan Tannehill in New England. Here's how I feel about the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins, their relationship. It's not, it's not even little brother, big brother thing. It's your... 15, 16 years old, you're kind of getting it figured out. You're in good, you're, you know, you're an athlete, right? Your little nephew comes over for Thanksgiving and Christmas. He sucks, all right? And he's probably six years younger than you. He's really cocky and full of himself for no reason and decides one, one year that he can beat you at, I don't know, basketball one-on-one. So he comes to your turf. He says, let's play. You take him out there and you just crush him into the pavement. That is the Miami-New England relationship. While you're drunk on eggnog. Because I don't think New England actually played, like, terribly well. You know, I, Brady threw some interceptions. You know, they, they had to rely on the running game. Dorsett dropped, like, a per... I, I, yeah. It's Hung a, over. It's a, it's a good analogy. Hung over, crushed him into the pavement. Um, also, the Colts sustained a ton of injuries in that game against Houston. Fumbled twice. Uh, <laughs> snapped into the butt cheeks of their center. That became a touchdown. And then Andrew Luck as he does, wanted to dig himself a hole, so he fumbled inside the five, and that became a touchdown of the play later. So 14 points. I mean, bad. Real quick, though, uh, the Frank Reich decision to go for him in fourth and four. Thoughts? I liked it. I, not only because we had the Colts in that game, but also because, you know, the, the from the perspective their perspective, they're chasing 3-1 Jacksonville, 3-1 Tennessee. If you're going to get back in that division race, one two and one is not going to do it, right? So two and two would have been a better a better place to go. And from an expected points perspective, it was the right move. Here's here's my thinking there. Fourth and four against the Texans is not fourth and four against every team. Luck has been destroying this uh, pathetic secondary. I I think it's a much bigger better than fifty percent chance. Um, I didn't like necessarily the play that they ran, but I think it's a better than 50% chance. They're giving them the ball where they still have to complete a pass downfield and you know keep the ball, um, either spike it quickly or get it out of bounds. So it's not like you automatically lose. And here's the thing that I think numbers, sometimes we overlook with math. It's a culture thing. Yep. You're teaching your team some valuable lessons about how you want to operate this team. And I think the aggressive mindset... Um, and having that mentality going forward will benefit them even when it's not overtime and it's tied. Yeah, I think you have to earn that win in, in, in that situation, especially because you played so poorly for the first like three quarters of the game. Like you don't like a tie is kind of I don't know. It's weird. Baloney. All right, Tennessee Buffalo uh, pass. We don't have a lot of time. Giants Carolina. So the Panthers at the moment I think are six point favorites. The Giants. Put up a f- somewhat of a fight against the, the the Saints. Yes, that's who they played. Thoughts? Six uh, and a half now in my bookie. Yeah, I think that this, this – so when we recorded earlier, we this was one that we liked a lot. I think we have Carolina somewhere around a nine, nine and a half. Um, to me, it's the fact that the Giants are still – as you said, I think that they looked okay against New Orleans. Market at, at o- home. Market always re- overreacts to the Giants. Carolina's coming off of a bye. Carolina has the type of playmaker in Christian McCaffrey, both as a runner and a receiver, that can do the same stuff to the Giants as Alvin Kamara did. Reminder that the New Orleans Saints did not throw the ball to Michael Thomas much at all, uh, at least in the first half of that game. Giants did a good job of mitigating him, but it didn't matter. Here's the interesting thing. This one was six last night. It's six and a half now. 
I'm just I'm going to guess that we have it at least seven, seven and a half. So um, it'd be one that I would grab today. Miami, Cincinnati, the Bengals, the mighty Bengals. I, they were given a thousand lives in that Atlanta game. I was sort of watching, like getting ready for the game on Sunday night, and I kept looking up. And they were still in the red zone, on, and it was first and ten or second and five. And then I felt like that happened for ten straight plays. Finally, they score a touchdown against the uh, Atlanta Falcons and their absent-minded defense. So now they get Miami at home. Should they be five-and-a-half-point favorites? I think it's more like a field goal. I think Miami's not as bad as they played against New England. So you think they're even teams is what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. I, I think the, I think the Miami defense is much improved, despite what you know the New England Patriots did to them. Um, I think Cincinnati's defense is not that good, uh, especially kind of at coverage at linebacker. And then I think Dalton. I think we're going to be overvaluing Dalton given how well he played against a Falcons defense that is so far garbage. Right, couldn't really rush the passer at all. Um, I I do like this. I think a field. I think a field goal is. A little low. So I think this is a three and a half, four point spread. Right now it's five and a half. So you're getting a point or two. Um, I think that moves down a little bit as people stop. Look, the, the Dolphins in New England are a different Dolphins team. I think yeah. that's fair. Uh, oh, this is fun. Baltimore at Cleveland, the fighting Baker Mayfields. That was a high, high scoring game. The one pick, one of our early picks last week that actually went the way we thought it would, as the other two did, but this one actually came through. <laughs> yes. Um, so right now, Cleveland getting one and a half points. Uh, let me check my bookie here, but what are your initial thoughts? Uh, I think this is a little short. I think Baltimore, <clears throat> you know, given I, – I understand the spot, right? Second straight game on the road, a little bit of a short week play, playing Sunday night. Um, but Cleveland played into Sunday night too. So um, I, I think, you know, I think the Browns are going to be a team that's plucky. I think they're going to be a team Ooh. that's fun to watch. Uh, Mayfield, you know, was great. A lot of energy there, but a lot of energy. I think Baltimore getting back Jimmy Smith, um, and you know, I just I just think they're better, like a field goal better than Cleveland, even on the road. Okay, I I was not super encouraged by the Cleveland defense against Derek Carr. I thought they would be a little bit better. Um, and and granted, a lot of stuff went Oakland's way, like you know the call on that thir- third and one yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, um, they were giving up. Like Jared Cook has been like Tony Gonzalez so far this season, and the Browns just magnified that. Here's what I think the big difference between Baltimore and Cleveland was. And this, I, I'm stealing this thought from uh, our boss, Chris Collinsworth. His whole thing is their offensive line is playing on a different level. So Vaughn Miller who they faced uh, in week three, he had had a game with no hits and no sacks. Last time that happened, or sorry, he had a game with no hits mm-hmm. and no sacks against uh, Baltimore. The last time that had happened was week 15 of 2016 against the Patriots. They really stymied him. That offensive line is playing at a level that they were not a season ago. Yeah. And I think the thing with Flacco is, look, he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback. But there's a big difference between 32nd and 17th and I think he gets to middle of the road when he's got a clean pocket and now he has receivers that can actually get downfield Uh, and that defense is probably top three yeah and I think once you mitigate the front four of Cleveland then you're talking about the Terrence Mitchells and the TJ Carries and the 
the guys that make mistakes in that secondary, and you can you can have some play against them. I think. All right, let's let's move a little bit faster here. Um, do you want to talk about Green Bay, Detroit? No. Okay. Sure. Jacksonville <laughs> at Kansas City. This is an interesting one. So let's do some scenarios here. Assuming so, uh, let's say Kansas City wins by four or five, whatever the spread is right now. Kansas City wins by five, um, thirty-five to thirty. What do you think the spread of this game should be then? What a great game by Kansas City's defense, right? Um, so uh, I think the over right. still hits. <laughs> so right. So the the um, I think that the the thing that's going to happen here is we're going to really find out. You know, is Jacksonville's defense capable of going toe to toe with an offense that is very is going to dictate the game's pace? Because I think what the Jacksonville does, and you said this pretty nicely, I think, when we tried to record the first time, is that Jacksonville, when they get ahead, does a good job of controlling the game, and and uh, they did it even against New England, right? So um, I think Kansas City's defense is more than bad enough to surrender a t- you know points to Bortles and everything like that. It's just going to be whether or not Kansas City can continue to stay hot offensively. Okay, so my question: What should the spread of this game be? Um, I think three and a half is probably fair. I, I don't think that there's really an edge here. No edge? No edging. Uh, ah. So so frustrated right now. Tantalizing. I. Yeah, I agree. I think three and a half is about where it sits. I could see it. If Kansas City gets if Kansas City gets beat tonight, let's say Mahomes looks really ordinary to bad, and they lose to the Denver Broncos, like you know. Twenty-one seventeen or something I, like that. I think it's what still happened? three. It's still, it's still three because Kansas City at home. Yeah, Jacksonville is not that good, right? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's still three. Um, all right, Atlanta Pittsburgh. So I think the early look ahead line here was uh, Pitt favored by four. It's now I think Pitt favored by three. Atlanta finally an underdog. <laughs> Thoughts. I mean, this is <laughs> this is the perfect. I mean, every single week has been the perfect week to back Atlanta. It feels like, and uh, you know, <laughs> the problem is again, both these teams are like equally disappointing, as that minus three would indicate. Uh, I I see Matt Ryan putting together a really brilliant game before I see Ben Roethlisberger doing so, and I see those defenses equally bad. So uh, I do think Atlanta. If you're gonna gonna give one of the teams points here, I kind of like Atlanta even outdoors after three straight games at home. Yes, a must win. Is this a loser leaves town match? This, this, no, you're not answering that. <laughs> Don't dignify that question. Um, Oakland, interesting one. Okay, so Oakland goes to LA to play the Chargers. Chargers favored by six and a half. The Chargers almost lost to CJ um, Bethard. The substitutional the second, atonement. The second coming. Jimmy so laid down his life that CJ might live. And honestly, if he didn't get knocked out, there's. There is a decent chance that the Niners win that game. By the way, I called that one. Just didn't tell anybody about it. Um, I I heard it, and I don't lie about stuff. So this is probably going to be 50% Raiders fans, if not more. They're getting six and a half. That feels like it's a little too much, especially no more, no Joey Bosa. Um, Defenses defenses regressed significantly from a season ago. Yeah, so I don't know. Phillip Rivers has a way of... Of keeping things close. If we were to project that right now, I think we'd have it about six. I could see that. I could see it staying at six and a half, maybe even moving to seven, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like people are going to overreact to Oakland, but winning by three to three? the Browns. <laughs> yeah. I would hope not. By the way, Oakland being a super contest consensus pick this past week, 
blew my mind. Yeah. I was utterly floored. They were the top consensus pick facing you know the number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield, who just done really well on national TV on Thursday night. I, I was stunned you, by that. Do you think it's just the number? The fact it had it was to two, have been the two number, and a half. right? It was just two and a half. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I could see backing Oakland here. Six yeah. and a half. Yep. I think the Chargers are far from the team that a lot of people wanted them to be. AFC West. Well, they were last year through four yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's true. Minnesota, you're right. your Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Philly has not not looked great. Philly favored by three right now. Okay. The Vikings were favorites the last time these two teams played. The difference here is now Nick Foles has been subbed out for Carson Wentz. And Case Keenum has been subbed out for Kurt Cousins. Kurt Cousins. Okay, so the bigger difference there is certainly Philadelphia, right? Like getting Wentz is a big upgrade for Nick Foles. But I'm not sure he's playing like it yet. So three seems kind of fair to me. Um I, I think know. with that offense, you watch it and you think, gosh, they're just leaving so much on the field with drops and with yeah. holding penalties offensively. But to me, the real issue with Philadelphia is they can't cover, right? The, the Patrick Robinson's been replaced in the nickel. They haven't done quite well there. Jalen Mills, you know, Corey Davis ate Jalen Mills lunch twice yesterday. So uh, I think like I think to me, if you're if you're a Philadelphia fan, you're really nervous that Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are going to put up huge numbers here. And and tank uh, this game for Philly. If you're the Vikings fan, this is a you say must win with the Bears three and one, the Packers two one and one. You fall to one three and one. It's going to be pretty tough for you to win that division. Has Sidney Jones been uh, that bad in coverage? Uh, I haven't looked. I have seen him on the wrong end of a few plays, but I haven't looked at his grades specifically. Yeah, he. I think he was one of the top graded slot corners at one point earlier this season. That has regressed a little bit. Um, He's yeah. now down there with the uh, aforementioned Patrick Robinson, who I believe is out for the season, right? Yeah, he got it. He broke his life. Oh, we forgot to to shed multiple tears for Tyler Eifert. That actually sucks. That's okay. I want to go back to that game real quick. They looked great without Tyler Eifert in the you know when after he got hurt, but prior history would say that Andy Dalton really likes Tyler Eifert being on the field and that having him out has hurt. Now, I think that has coincided with their offensive line not being able to block a you know a, a swarm of flies. <laughs> um, actually, that would probably be hard to block. But the, anyways, their offensive line has not been good. Um, so I don't know. That Far better be, this year, though. My, yeah, exactly. So that's my point. Like I think Eifert being out, maybe people overreact to that. Philadelphia, just kind of backing back to the other game, Philadelphia giving up over you know point one expected points per pass play this year, Oof. and that's with facing the Atlanta team that was terrible in Week One. So uh, that's not a particularly good thing for them moving forward against the Vikings team that's been pretty efficient there. Yeah, Sarkeesian has figured it out. Now just uh, <laughs> defense just needs like three players to come back from season-ending injury, and they'll be fine. Uh, okay, let's talk about. I think there's two more here that are interesting. Um, the Rams at the Seahawks. This was seven last night. I can't imagine that it is going anywhere but up. Uh, thoughts? It's so crazy that you know last season. I think it was what week, seven and a half. Now. Week, week fifteen. The it was basically a win, and you win the NFC West. And the Seahawks were only one point dogs and got their the brakes blown off of them. Um, and now you know just you know two weeks and four weeks into this season later, they're a full touchdown more you know dogs. 
I actually don't disagree with it. I think you know Brian Schottenheimer. I know Seahawks Twitter is going after him, but you know in terms of our coaching metrics, it's not looked good so far. They, Mike Davis, your guy from San Francisco, is out snapping Rashad Penny after Uh-oh. Chris Carson gets hurt. Uh oh, Alex Collins looking brilliant in Baltimore has nothing to do with their offensive line. He's right. a generational talent. Right. It just seems like they're not making like solid decisions offensively, and then their defense is actually playing okay, but it hasn't really mattered. Yeah, okay, playing okay against the Cardinals. I'm not sure I'm buying that. Earl Thomas out. Yeah, that's huge. I could see that being the straw that breaks the camel's back. We've talked about how the Seahawks were not you know, that bad. They still have Earl Thomas. They have Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. They have Doug Baldwin. Well, now they don't have Earl Thomas. Doug Baldwin is you know, in need of a new leg. Russell Wilson is in need of 17 new offensive linemen. There is... I don't think there's any way that I could actually back the Seahawks even getting seven points in Seattle because the Rams are just going to – they're going to run up and down. All, they're going to run all over them. Yeah, Seattle Seattle's one of those weird teams that turnovers have really carried them. So they're actually – in the NFC, they're the third best team against the pass. But almost all of that is interceptions because they're giving up like 50% success. So – uh, without Earl Thomas intercepting a couple passes a game, it just doesn't seem like there's much of a light at the end of the tunnel here. For Where the do you Seahawks. think this line finishes? Uh, seven and I think seven and a half still. I think really? it'll stop there. Yeah, I think it stops at eight and a half. That's that's bold, but I I I, I can't I can't disagree, especially if if uh, you know if Seattle comes out with more injuries or more like more thing. injuries. What else do they need? Well, like there, I mean, Thomas is out for the season, right? right. But then, like, no, but, he could be back by the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. But like, Doug, let's say Doug Baldwin has, for has like a setback or something like that, or you know, Chris Carson's out, you know, for longer. Oh like, no, all those kinds of things. <laughs> I'm not asking what you're not the lines maker. I'm That's asking you what the lines makers will think. So, I uh, think betters will look at this game and go, "Oh my god, yeah. the Seahawks are terrible." By the way, there's probably at least 10 people that listen to this podcast that don't know what Seahawks Twitter is. I hope do not at any cost dive into Find that. Out. <laughs> it, I, I try to stay off Twitter on Sunday anyways because, like, aside from injury news, it's pretty worthless. It's just an old takes exposed parade, basically, from things that happened five minutes ago. Utterly awful. But the Seahawks fans get particularly annoyed. And it's funny because – you know, a, a good amount of them understand a lot of the math behind things, so they get extra triggered by stuff. Uh, thoughts and prayers for all of them. The all Seahawks right. actually two and two after four games, three on the road. It's probably about as good of a start as they could have asked for, and yet I still think their their prospects on the season are pretty bleak. Pretty bleak. Yes, beating Arizona. I don't want to bag Arizona. I want Arizona to do well, but their offensive line is garbage. Real quick, okay, let's let's bust through these quickly um arizona at san francisco it's right now four and a half san francisco favored by four and a half too high or too low a little too high um yeah i think i think bethard the uncertainty around bethard is is a bit i mean you're taking more than a field goal with san francisco with their backup quarterback i think arizona improves a little bit with rose in this week it's absolutely too high it should be three both these teams suck dallas at houston the sunday nighter this one went this one could have been one of the worst games of the season if both these teams lost. Dallas and Houston barely pull one out. Okay, so they get these victories that easily could have been losses. Houston is favored by three. So they're saying these two teams are equal on a neutral field. It is being played in Texas. 
Are these teams equal on a neutral field? No. Who's better? Dallas. Why? Uh, Dallas's defense can stop somebody. Does defense matter? Defense, <laughs> not for fantasy points, probably, but defense matters for in football. And the other thing, the other thing is, is we saw, we saw some significant steps by Dallas this week in terms of they got behind, right? And Dak and Zeke and whomever you know brought them back from behind. I thought that that was a big step for them because the narrative going into like the last two or three weeks was. If you get ahead of this Dallas offense, there's no chance. And and I think that, you know, they played well enough. And I think against a Houston team, um, you know, where they can stop Houston's passing game, um, I think Dallas uh, is going to end up controlling this game and, and, and doing well. So I agree with you, but I would wait. I think this one is going to three and a half. Whoa. It's right now on my bookie, Houston minus three, minus 125. Wow. People look, I love Deshaun Watson. I he too. played great in that game. And I just I think Dallas's defense is a good bit better than Indy's. And I'm not super worried about um I'm just not super worried about anyone besides Deshaun Watson, obviously and DeAndre Hopkins. Um whereas I think the Dallas defense, I'm not sure they have a huge weak spot. Right, like Leighton Van Der Esch played really well in coverage. Chidobe Awuzie, Byron Jones wasn't targeted in that game. They did not throw the ball at him once. What that tells me is, if you're a team that has a bunch of ancillary options, you can get by. Well, which for, the Lions do. Which the Lions do, I yep. think more so than than the Texans. Um, but the the thing with <laughs> the the thing with Dallas is that theoretically they can pressure the passer, and I think that plays into um they they're they're deficient they're good in the places where the colts were openly deficient on sunday and that was pretty and that that'll help them i think yeah, i mean the colts were playing uh you know walmart salesman at corner and wide receiver which is similar to what dallas plays by but, the way no you know kurt warner yeah he ended true. up being pretty good great corner washington new orleans the monday night game new orleans favored by six and a half i'm just gonna say that felt too high to me when I saw it. I think I saw it at seven, and I still think that's a little high. I, Our numbers would say about seven, but my gut feels would also say the same thing. I think Washington, I think that they're better than a lot of people think. Defensively, also lost to the Colts. They did lose to the Colts at who home. just lost to the Texans. So, yeah, there's transitivity. The Texans lost to the Giants. The Giants lost to the Saints. All right, that has been. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, no, but let's. Here's the thing. I, I think that um, I think that Washington is a fairly solid team. They're coming off a of bye. I think Jay Gruden, as you have talked about multiple times, does not get the respect he deserves. I don't know. I'd be interested to see where this line goes. Let's look at where the the juice is at. It's it's one ten right now, six and a half. So that's that's probably where it stays. And I'd be interested to see what our model looks like tomorrow because. I could see there being a little value on this game. Um, all right, let's do this. Uh, your favorite pick at the moment um, that you would bet today? Uh, I think uh, Carolina uh, again at home. Um, I just, I just don't think the Giants are as. I don't think the Giants are as good as people are trying to ooze out of the games that they've played so far. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, that I I do like that one as well. I I really 
don't like betting against Deshaun Watson. We did it last week. We've done it every week so far this every year. Every week. And we're 3-1 and one doing so, so I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. But um, I do think there is value there. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking at value, I think there's value on Dallas getting three. I think there's value on Washington getting six and a half. Um, and honestly, I think there's value if you can get the Rams at seven. <laughs> God, that's so the, sad. I've the, turned the, so quickly. The Deshaun Watson bit, the thing that I'll say that might turn our opinions every single time is whenever Deshaun Watson has the ball, I'm scared. Yeah, he's so terrifying. He's terrifying. And not and, and if I'm a Texans fan, whenever he has the ball, I'd also be scared. So there's that. But Here, Here's the thing. People listen to guys that use math, talk about regression, talk about guys like Deshaun Watson. They go, oh, you hate Deshaun Watson. You're an idiot. You're an, a complete idiot. Now, it's some of the people that talk about it, they get a little, you know, a little strong-armed about it. And I think that's why. Um, but... I really want to see Deshaun Watson be good. And I think this might have been a big turning point for him, feeling a little more confident, throwing the ball downfield with some accuracy. He's going, I think he's always going to be a sort of high-variance guy, mm-hmm. right? That's the way he is. But I think there may not be, we saw this last year, he had the highest big-time throw rate in the NFL. There may not be a guy, maybe this side of Patrick Mahomes, who has as much capability of making a big, spectacular play at any point in the game and and honestly, if his deep, if his offensive line can just do something, uh, but the way that coverage is playing, they're they're going to be in some high scoring games. So he's going to need to do. Kiki so. Kuti had over ten catches and a hundred yards in his what a name. in his uh, debut. So I think at, he, he Fuller and and uh, Hopkins will be you know nice for that team. I think moving forward. Alrighty, I have we have this went twice as long as we anticipated. You're welcome. Uh, Venmo is open. We will see you guys tomorrow with a little video talking about the picks that Greenline likes most. It's a fair bit smarter than we are, so that would be worth checking out. Head to ProFootballFocus.com, also to MyBookie.ag. Get yourself a PFF Elite subscription, start investing, um, and have some fun on Sundays. We'll see you guys with our next pod on Thursday. Peace out. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.